0: They know us. They know we'll be their opposition, but we don't know them. I'm aware of that. They can shoot from ambush. They can lie and steal, murder, anything that's handy. We can't do those things. Our task is not an easy one. And if we fail... America fails. <laughs> with his faithful indian companion tonto the masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western united states whenever the pioneers gathered around the campfire they talked of his strength and courage his daring and resourcefulness and the story of his greatest adventure has come down to us through the generations return with us now to those thrilling days when the west was young from out of the past come the thundering hoof feet to the great horse silver the Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! I'm
1: waiting on the trail ahead. We've got to hurry. Silver, away!
0: St. Louis was a thriving city of contrast, where the culture and civilization of the East hobnobbed with the adventurous pioneer types who had been or were about to be exposed to the dangers and hardships of the vast, unbroken, and frequently lawless settlements of the western states. St. Louis was an important western railroad terminus where arriving trains had become too commonplace to arouse interest or demand attention. No one seemed to notice that several cars on one train that pulled in after dark were shunted to a siding and left there while the engine moved away. The cars were just outside the limits of the city. The people in the cars were quiet, speaking only in tense, hushed voices. Gentlemen, this meeting may determine the fate of the United States of America. I must impress one thing upon you. What is said or done in this railroad car is never to reach the ears of anyone outside. Hickok. Yes, sir? You're well known in St. Louis. Did you manage to get through the city without being recognized? Yes, sir. The man who asked me to come here said to keep it a secret. Hmm. Cody. Cody. Does anyone know you're here? No, sir. Before I tell you about the organized threat to the future and security of our country, I'll ask Mr. Calkins to call the roll. Very good, Mr. Secretary. One thing. Many of you frontier scouts don't know who I am. Let me explain so you'll fully realize the seriousness of this conference. I am the secretary to the President of the United States. When we're ready for him, the President himself will come from Washington. Now, let us have the roll call. Pickard. Yes. Cody, here. Yes. Stewart here. Yes. As the chairman called the roll, the soft light from oil lamps fell upon the faces of government officials, the stern faces of military leaders, and the weather-beaten faces of frontiersmen. The meeting brought these men together on the common ground of sincere love of their country and a grim determination to defend the country against all enemies. And Swift. Yes. Thank you. I will now get to the subject as quickly as possible. We in Washington have information about a plot to overthrow that part of the government which applies to the states west of the Mississippi. A plot to form a new nation. A nation opposed to those principles upon which our country is founded. Behind this movement is greed and ambition. One man, unknown to all of us, who would make himself an emperor in a free land... Threatens to destroy all things that you brave men have fought to save. Well, uh, what's known about this Emperor, about his plans? Yeah. Well, very little. Most of what we believe is founded on suspicion and somewhat sketchy dedu- de- deduction. We have reason to believe that his plans are well along and that he has built up a vast organization. Are any of the members known? No living members are known to us. We do, however, feel sure that some of them hold important posts in the government. There is no doubt that many have become influential in communities in the West. They seem to work from the inside, boring into the confidence of the people they plan to ruin. They are trying to gain control of scattered communities until they are ready to merge all these into a new nation or empire. Hang it, Mr. Secretary. They can't do it. I know what sort of men we've got in the West. Yes, Cody. But you reckon without consideration of the means those traitors employ. While they get control of the communities... Other members of this legion spread poverty, famine, pestilence, and death. They destroy the faith of the people in the government. Of that, we have some proof. They teach hatred and intolerance. They arouse suspicion of public officials. They breed mistrust and spawn greed and false ambition. They promise wealth and riches. They're undermining the United States, and they must be put down. You uh, You speak as though you knew a lot about them. Some of their methods are known. Any individuals? No. How can we fight people we don't know? That is the problem. The problem assigned to us for solution by the president. The way you speak, sir, anyone might be a member of this gang. That is true. They know us. They know we'll be their opposition, but we don't know them. I'm aware of that. They can shoot from ambush. They can lie and steal, murder, anything that's handy. We can't do those things. Our task is not an easy one. And if we fail... America fails. Gentlemen, we must not only suppress this this outlaw legion... We must do it in a way that will go into history as an example for the future generations. A lesson to our children and their children. If we could only be as, as unknown to them as they are to us. That's it, Cody. If we could work in secret. Oh, how I'd like to meet some of those traitors face to face. You never will. Work in secret? How can that be done? Disguise ourselves? No. No good. Someone to, to help us. Someone to ferret out the members. The leaders. It'd have to be someone we could trust. Wait. I wonder. Cody, there's one man. One man. Whom do you mean? We're both thinking of the same man. But we don't know his name. Don't know his name? If he knew... Don't even know where to reach him. Whom are you talking about? You may have heard of him, General. But I doubt if the Secretary or these other men will know the man we're talking about. He's known as... As the Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger? Yeah, I've heard of him. What is his name, Cody? I don't know. I guess nobody knows his name. He's just called the Lone Ranger. Tell me about him, Hickok. Well, there isn't a man in the country who's handier with a rope or gun or who rides a finer horse. Why, he seems to turn up any place he can be of help. And he never waits around for rewards. But I'd bet my neck he's been responsible for the capture of more crooks than any ten men. Hmm. It's a broad statement, Cody. I'll stand on it. So will I. He wears a mask. He rides a white horse. It's called Silver. Now, if we could only get him working for us, helping us. I have heard stories of the fabulous deeds of this man. I don't believe them. Nor I. What's more, I stoutly disapprove of seeking the aid of a man who refuses to divulge his identity. Now, just one minute, Colonel. We're confronted with a situation that calls for all the aid we can enlist. If a man's loyalty to the flag is unquestioned... Now, there's no doubt about that. The Lone Ranger has dedicated his life to the service of the West. He loves the West, and he'll do anything to help it grow. We can't believe all these stories that we hear. You, Cody, and Hickok have a reputation that is second to none. I feel that you, too, can do far more than any masked man. It wouldn't reflect credit on the Army if we seek out the help of a man who is masked. Confound it, sir. The Lone Ranger has a reason for wearing a mask. Do you know him personally, Cody? No, sir. But I'd sure like to locate him and ask him to help us. I object to... Now, look here. You men are really anxious to put down this... this plot. You'll get help where you can, without asking too many questions. Cody, now let's not discuss it first. I say let's discuss it. Let's put the matter before the president. If this man never takes rewards, and apparently does no work, how does he live? He has to steal money. That's a lie, and I'd like to ram it down your throat. Gentlemen. Well, he has some sort of a... A silver mine hidden away someplace. That's where he gets his money. I still object to seeking help from this man, uh, Colonel. Perhaps it you be... pardon me, General, but I'm unmoved by any argument. Then it's a good thing the decision doesn't rest with you, gentlemen. I'll speak to the president. I'll tell him just what you've told me and ask his approval. Good. Tell the president this is not unanimous. I'll speak to him as soon as I return to Washington. Meanwhile. Uh... You might learn the location of this Lone Ranger. We'll we'll have to find him. Everyone who rides the Western trails will have to spread the word among those we know can be trusted. That's it, Cody. Count on my help. We'll pass the word to all the ranchers. They'll tell everyone we know that the Lone Ranger is needed. We'll ride day and night. We'll spread the word from here to the Rockies, from Montana to the Rio Grande. <laughs> meeting adjourned. The men moved silently through the shadows to their horses, then secretly left the city. The people of Saint Louis, not suspecting that some of the nation's most important men had met there, went on with their recreations and amusements. <laughs> <laughs> the gambling halls and cabarets were filled with pleasure-seeking crowds that little realized how the fate of a nation might rest on the development of the night's conference. But over in one corner of the largest of the cafes, the talk was grim and ominous. One of the men who sat at the table spoke in a voice that was barely above a whisper. Before I say more, you may show me a mark of identification. Show me a sign. The man spoken to placed his forearm on the table and drew back the sleeve of his coat. A tattoo mark was revealed on the inside of his wrist. It was small and black and in the form of an arrow. The black arrow. I'm satisfied. Are you suspected? No. I remain in good standing and attended the conference a short time ago. What if you were seen in here without your army uniform? It would arouse no question. I would merely say that I thought it better not to wear the uniform in a place like this. (laughs) I wouldn't want to reflect discredit on the uniform. From you, Colonel... That's funny. But wait before you laugh. Well... Those Westerners wanted to get the help from the Lone Ranger. They did? Well, they must not. I rejected the idea. Good. But he may be fighting us in spite of my objections. I argued as strongly as I could. But Cody and Hickok, I'm afraid, have the secretary won over. He's going to speak to the President while the Lone Ranger is sought for. That's bad. That's bad. We don't know the Lone Ranger... As long as we have our spies on the inside, we can learn of plans that are made to combat the Black Arrow. We'll know who is working against us. But this Lone Ranger, we don't know him. He- we must get him out of our way. It is important that we know of this, Colonel. Knowing of it, we'll give the necessary instructions to take care of the Lone Ranger. If the Secretary convinces the President that the Lone Ranger should help... There is likely to be another conference here near St. Louis. Between whom? The President and the Lone Ranger. Good. We shall plan accordingly. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments
1: next time on The Moral Code Tales of the Lone Ranger
0: Yes, what is it? You told me, sir, that no
1: matter what the hour I was to come to you when word was received
0: Word? The Frontier Scouts have reached the man we needed The man? At this moment, sir The Lone Ranger is riding towards St. Louis
1: The Moral Code Tales of the Lone Ranger is part of the Life Podcast Network A group of family-friendly podcasts bringing a positive message of hope and inspiration. Some of the audio for this podcast was provided by the archive.org online database.